This episode is so special for two reasons. The first one is Alicia Haygood with Michelle Media. She has an unconventional professional background that leads her into running an incredible media company, doing things that most might say couldn't happen. She is someone that you definitely do not want to take for granted. And just like all of our guests on this show, she is raw and real. So if you are in that period of growth right now with your family, with your business, and with all of your aspirations, you are absolutely going to want to listen to this one to provide you the motivation and the practical steps that you can do to keep moving forward. Now, the second reason that this episode is so special is that it is the end of an era, but it's also the beginning of a new stage that we are going to take with this show. You know, when I started the business of being healthy over a year ago, I have a, I had a mission to be able to share the correlation between health and wealth. And I know that I have been able to do that. And we have a bank of great episodes as well as guests that truly share how they were able to do it. That being said, our mission has grown. Our purpose has grown. Our audience has grown. And I could see that happening. And over the last several months, I have been working to meet the needs of the audience. You guys mean so much to me. And I want to make sure that I am serving you. So I invite you right now. You are going to want to come back on March 1st when the new name of this show launches. The first thing you want to do is take more action by grabbing your phone right now, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you are tuning in because the channel won't change, just the look and the name. Also, you can hop over to YouTube and hit subscribe there because sometimes that video just hits a little bit differently. So with that, I invite you again, come back on the first, but make sure you tune in right now because Alicia is about to drop some wisdom on you, which could provide new perspective and a new trajectory for your growth. Welcome to the business of being healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action. And I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. Welcome back to today's episode of the business of being healthy. My name is Shelly Bryan and I can't like, seriously, I was talking to my guest right now. I'm about to introduce before we even got started right now. And I feel like I'm talking to myself in such a great way because these experiences that we've all gone through literally bring us to where we are right now. And it's like sharing these bits of gold, learning from each other. And I have got to tell you, you're going to want to stay to the end of this episode because Alicia Haygood with Michelle Media is on today and she is phenomenal. So 
a wealth of knowledge and experience and nothing is off limits guys. So we have a lot to talk about today. Um, she is also the host of the Scottsdale vibe podcast. That is a podcast that is doing amazing things here in Scottsdale and really your go-to source for uh, news and events here in Scottsdale. So Alicia, welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. So fun story, Alicia and I met um, at Get Published Live last year. That's an event with James Patrick. And I was incredibly impressed um, with her knowledge of podcasting. And we're going to dive in a little bit on that today, but I think we're going to have a lot of life lessons shared here. And so with that, Alicia, can you share a little bit? Um, because you always had this passion for long form media. And it started really young. Can you kind of share when that started and kind of how you got to this point right now? Yeah, I um, I was the little girl like around 11 to 13 years old that would stay up super late like most kids do that age on Fridays and Saturday nights watching Dateline and 2020 <laughs> and all those great news programs that no one my age typically cares about. But I just found it so interesting, the in-depth questions and knowledge these reporters would go into. And I really just, it gravitated towards me. So I just thought I was a news junkie and loved it. And that was me until high school. And in high school, um, I grew up outside of Atlanta and we had um, a closed circuit television in our high school that did like the morning announcements and stuff like that. And I ended up getting in this class my junior year of high school where we had to create a news program. Um, it was a class project. So that was my first introduction to television and behind the scenes and the work that goes into it. I never really thought about it and never really took my love and passion for the news as anything more than that. I never thought it was going to be a career of mine. I thought I was going to be a teacher like my mom. Um, and then I took that class and it completely changed me. And that was junior year of high school, senior year of high school. I ended up signing up for the classes and we put on the morning announcements every day. I did that my senior year. And again, I had already applied to college, was accepted, had roommates to go be a teacher. And um, spring break of senior year, I changed my mind and realized this is, I never wanted to be a teacher. I don't know why. I just thought that's what I was supposed to do. So I went and changed my entire plans. And I went and found a new college to go to six weeks before I graduated high school. And um, I visited all of them, found the one that was a great fit for me. And it, since then, I've never looked back. And I've been doing television now for 15 plus years or some kind of media, I should say. I love that. And I think throughout today's episode, we're going to hear a little bit more and maybe some um, different experiences through Alicia's life where like she made that choice and like took action immediately. She recognized something even at a very young age in high school. Like, I mean, literally, Alicia, I was not thinking that in high school. <laughs> I don't know how many people were, but like you took action and made that change when you already kind of had a career path lined out yeah. for you. Right. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty brave thing to do. It wasn't no one I knew was doing it. So I was definitely on my own path. Everyone else was, you know, doing the typical teacher or health and science or, you know, anything that people knew of, but no one I knew was doing journalism school. And so I definitely was on my own paving this new way for me. No one in my family has done media of any kind. So I was on my own and had to figure it out. But it was so fun for me 
And every step of the way, I knew that I was making the right decision. And for me, that was just the confidence and motivation I needed to keep going. I never thought it was the wrong path for me. Now, you know, thinking back, and I love that you just said that I knew it was the right decision for me. You know, you didn't know the future, right? You you didn't have a crystal ball. You had no idea. Like, how did you know? I mean, I feel like so many of us, and especially like later in life when we're established and kids and responsibilities and all the things that prevent us from like taking the leap, let's say, but you had that gut feeling that it was the right decision. Like, how did you, if if you could think, cause I know that you've had a lot of changes and we'll kind of go through that, but like at that young, how did you know that was the right decision? I think for me, I never felt like it was a job. I never, ever felt like I was working. I always felt like I was just working on my hobby, I guess you could call it or something. Um, And, you know, the college I picked had its own multimedia center. And that was really important to me. I am not a good test taker. School was difficult when it came for that to me. So I was lucky in that I picked a career. I didn't have to take a lot of tests and stuff like that. So I'm a hands-on learner and television is very hands-on. And there is learning aspect to do the right thing. But I was constantly at the TV station in college. I was constantly writing for the newspaper, working at the radio station, working online. So for me, every day, it was like I was having fun at school. And that's Mm -hmm. something I'd never experienced before. So I just kept being like, this is not work. How am I so lucky to like wake up early as a 19 and 20 year old? I was at the TV station by 7 a.m. as a college kid. That's not what most college kids are doing. Um, And I loved it. I mean, I got, I remember, never forget, I got classes one week because it was a big news week for us. And I got caught by the teacher who brought my said class into the media center. And he's like, this is Alicia. Y'all all know her from class. And I was like, I'm so sorry, Brad. And he's like, you're learning. This is what college is about. You know, and so it's just that confidence of the teachers and the staff that really just embraced you and like took you under and like they knew who the ones were that were doing this as an elective and the ones that were doing this for a career. And for me, just having that support and the opportunities that we were given is really what kept me motivated. And again, I never didn't like it. I never woke up and second guessed like, huh, am I really going to do this forever? It's like, hell yes, I get to do this forever. And I was so excited every day. And I still am, you know, yeah. I'm 40 now and I'm still excited to do it every day. That's so great. And and one thing that I really love there that I just want to call out is the fact that you had teachers, right? Supporting you and, and knew that you were there to do the right thing. And I think that even in our you know, you, that's a college experience, but even in our adult lives, like we have those people, those mentors that we surround ourselves with that are going to be there to like help build us up. They are going to be there to help teach us maybe things they would have done differently, you know, to be able to success, to succeed. And so I think it's so important that we know we don't have to do this alone, right? You learn that in college, right? I didn't learn that till in my forties, like, we don't have to do this alone. And and you had such great support. And so maybe share a little bit, once you kind of got out past college and uh, started in your career, and I know um, maybe even share with us a little bit, because you had, you know, the love of your life. We had to make some changes and and do some different things. Kind of share that that transition into the working working world and and some of those choices you had to make. 
I always thought my goal in my career was to be a station manager or a TV manager at one of the top markets in the nation. I'm from Atlanta, so that's where I wanted to go back to is Atlanta. It's a top five market in the nation. I was lucky enough to get in at, um, well, at the time it was Fox Sports South. They've been bought out. But I was like working at a Fox regional sports network as a girl right outside of college. And I was like, I've made it. Like, I am loving my job. I'm so excited. And I was there for a few years. And then you're right. I did meet my now husband and we met long distance. He was in town visiting friends in Atlanta and he lived in Pittsburgh at the time. And so we did long distance for almost two years. And at that point, he was like, all right, it's now like we need to move in together and start this next step for a relationship where we're done because long distance can't go on forever. And I was like, and he's in the construction industry. So we were always project based every couple of years we were going to have to move. We made a decision early on that I'd always follow his career because I was like, I'm in television. Television's all over the world. I'll find a job wherever we go. And that's not always the case. And so after we moved to North Bethesda, Maryland, I thought I was just going to get a job. And it took me six to eight months. And that was a really down time for me. And I remember my dad being like, looking for a job is a job. You're just never going to get paid for it. You get no reward, but it is a full-time job looking for a job. And just remember that. And so I my connections and everything that's happened is because of the people I've had in my life. So like you said, having those teachers, having those mentors, I still lean on them for everything that I do. Mm -hmm. I called on those connections. I got a job that lasted for a bit. Then we got transferred again to Chicago, um, did some work there, back to Arlington, Virginia. And so I just kept doing all these little jobs. By our fourth move to Houston, Texas, I um, moved to Houston, Texas. My son at the time was a year and a half. My husband was traveling about 75 to 100% of the time. And I wasn't hireable because at that point, my resume showed that I'd only had a job for every one and a half to two years. And people were like, we're not going to stay here. Like, we're not going to hire you to only stay here for a year and a half when we see that you're moving constantly. And that was really hard for me because I have been a worker since I was 14 years old working at a deli. You know, like it's who I am. It's how I was brought up and not being able to contribute to my own life when it comes to bills or whatever, you know, just the extras was really hard for me. So again, we moved two more times. Um, so at this point, we're seven moves in. Um, I did some odd jobs here and there in television just to kind of keep me up to date and like keep me in the mix. I got pregnant with my second child. And we moved to Scottsdale almost four years ago. And at that point, I had not worked in television for three years. We're in a top market. We're in the top 10 market in the world. And I was like, I don't have the time to start over television. Because when you start, you have to start at the worst hours, weekends and nights, you know, and work your way up. And I was like, I can't do that. Um, but I, I missed so bad. I miss storytelling. I miss sharing information with people. I miss informing the audience and my community. So then I had to dive back into why did I start this to begin with? Like, what was it about the TV aspect that I craved? And it really was back to informing people. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people I'm a gossipy person, but in a positive way. I'm gossipy about guess what's going on. Let me connect you with this person because y'all have something in common. Oh my gosh, I know someone that can help you find that. Let me connect you to. 
So when I realized what my real purpose behind going into television was, I could find a different avenue to get back into what I wanted to do. And that's when I found podcasting was three years ago, three and a half years ago. And, you know, podcasting wasn't new, but it definitely wasn't the biggest thing out there. And so, but again, like most jobs, the training and teaching has to be continuous. And I wasn't doing that as much. So I had to start over almost, which is really scary to do in a new city, family, no family here, very young kids at the time. Um, But my husband was my biggest cheerleader. And he was like, turned me on to podcasting, connected me with a local podcast to try to get some information. And I'll never forget, I went in for that. I, I talked to the owner of the podcast and brought me into the studio and I didn't leave the entire day. He kept having new interviews coming up. Like, can I watch? Can I just be here? I felt at home. It was like my safe place. And I laughed because you can see like the sound padding behind me, you know, to control the room. I was like, so a padded room is where I feel safe. Like I feel safe in the studio. <laughs> that could have some deep hidden meaning, Alicia. Like, I don't know about that. No, I love I love this though. It's where I felt comfortable. It's where I felt at home. And it's in the studio. That's like my safe place. And when I got back in, I was like, I still know this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is my career. And so I just found a different avenue for it. And again, I'm still really happy with this choice and like haven't looked back. And I still get to do my passion every week. Yep. And the the thing that I love is that you just said right there, you still get to do your passion. It just looks a little different. You know, how often in life do we seriously have this like map, right? Especially as women, right? Like have this map, like lined out. This is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to do. And then all of a sudden we're like, what the hell? Okay. Whoa. It's not what I'm doing. But then you sit back and you're like, wait a minute, this is what I wanted. It just looks different now. It's, it's so crazy how that happens. I love that. You said that. You're so right though. And resonates with me it is the same but it looks different and we do have this like this is what I've been doing this is the order it's supposed to go in and we freak out when that's messed up but there's nothing wrong with that and we just again we have to listen to the universe and I pay attention to those signs and be like wait you know it is the same thing I am still doing what I love and and what's wrong with that you're just trying something new so yes absolutely I love that. And and you just had mentioned like the signs of the universe, right? God, universe, whatever it is. I I want you to share, because we had talked about decades, right? How kind of like each decade, maybe we kind of had new lessons. Um, Maybe take us through your decades, because this really resonated with me. I hope it resonates with our listeners too, but like kind of those lessons within each decade, because I'm now in my 40s decade and the lessons are so different than what I got before. Okay, so... I just turned 40 in March and I have been so excited to turn 40. I feel like women in their forties are just like, hell yes. And I compared it to the same attitude and self-confidence that women have in their early twenties. When we're hot, we're young, everything's easy. And it's like, I'm feeling that again as I turn 40 and I'm so freaking excited about it. And when I go back and I did, I had to go back. So as I'm turning 40 and I'm looking forward to it and, and what I expect out of it and stuff like that, I go back and I'm like, the decades, life changes about every 10 years. And it really started um, resonating with me when I was having some like female issues. I was going to the doctor and she's like, well, 
your body changes hormonal-wise about every 10 years. I was like, huh. Well, if you go back and look at like my 10 years from when I graduated high school to 28, I'm moving in with my boyfriend and we're moving for the second time and I'm looking for a job and stuff. It's like, I took this new career path and I got out of sports television and I went to international, you know, and then um, the next decade was marriage and kids and more moves and trying television agency work and, and not working for those three years and figuring out how life with that is. And then as I, you know, turn in my late thirties and I'm rejuvenating and finding podcasting again, and it was like starting my own media company. And it's like, no, I'm tired of being, on someone else's timeline and I'm choosing to be on someone else's timeline rather than choosing to be on my timeline. And so that's when I decided to just start doing stuff for myself and Mm -hmm. stop waiting for stuff to be brought to me. So yes, while I had all these great connections and people were helping me find jobs, it was still up to me to do it. And when I changed my mindset to that, starting my own company, starting my own podcast, that was easy. It was an easy decision. In fact, I'll never forget, I was sitting on the sofa with my parents visiting them for a week and we had the morning news on like we do. Like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I just started my own company, my LLC. And I like just did it one morning because I kept making excuses not to. And so now that I'm like just hitting 40 and starting this, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to feel the self-confidence I feel like I've been lacking for the past few years about just having more positive women and positive people around me and just focusing again on that mindset that I had in my early 20s, having that confidence, going out there and getting what I wanted, showing up every day and not making excuses and really enjoying it again. And I hadn't felt that in a few years because I was so sucked into being a wife, being a mom, taking care of the family that I wasn't taking care of my needs. And that just so happened to be not only mentally and physically, but like my passion, which is media. And I had to get back into that. And so I'm a sucker for setting deadlines for myself. And I've always been like that. I'll be like, okay, when I turn, and I did, I was like, when I turn 40, everything's going to change. And I did, I turned 40. And that next morning I woke up and I started my new goal list. So it's as long as I stuck to that. And I kept watching the patterns that were happening, the natural the natural success started coming in. And it was it was hard work. Again, it goes back, it wasn't work. I didn't realize how much I was working to make things happen. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny, like, God, there's so much good in that. I'm trying to decide where I want to take you. But um, I, I love the fact just about the decades um, because we do have that swagger, men and women in our 20s. Like we are invincible, right? We oh, think gosh. we know everything. We know nothing. But like that ignorance is such a blessing because we're willing to try. We're willing to risk. We're willing to do different things because maybe we don't have certain levels of responsibility yet, right? The world is our oyster. We can go do all this stuff and it's exciting. And then our thirties, I'm like you, I had my first at 30, my second at 32, right? And my thirties, I was like, I literally got slapped so many times in the face of like, you know, nothing. What are you doing? You're with the kids now. Like it's all these different things. And then I'm 43. I just turned 43 in March too. So we might it's like Ooh, another okay. similarity, Alicia. Um, so I just turned 43. And like, I can tell you that my 40s are like amazing, amazing. So like, it is that swagger. And I just had this conversation with my husband of, of like, 
we are making such smart decisions right now. Like we've, we've been risk takers. That's been a big thing for us. We've been risk takers and it's hurt us and it's, and it's helped us. Like it's, it's been both, but like now I'm like, Chris, we, we have to like learn on, like lean on what we learned in the past while we're moving into our thirties. Cause it's like this next 10 years is really going to change everything as far as trajectory for our life. And so I kind of, it's like, we do have that swagger back. I love that you're like, you're sharing that. And like, you're 40, like just, it's so good. I mean, only three years older than you, no. but it's so good. So this is what I feel like. And that's the thing that people have told me too. It is kind of weird. I mean, you just get sucked in, you get sucked into life and all the, the chaos in it that we do forget to focus on the rainbows and sunshine and the good things that are happening. We see it right then. And I'll never forget someone taught me like, especially with young kids, if you're out doing something and it rains or you forgot the snacks and you know, you go home and you're like, Oh, this day sucked. It was so exhausting. And then ask your kids about the day. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I love seeing the animals. And did you see that funny car out there? And it's like, Oh, we totally had, we experienced the same thing and have two different takeaways from it. Mm-hmm. So when I changed my mindset to be like, Oh, that happened today. But what happened after that? I started seeing there is a lot of good stuff that's happening in my life. I'm just too tired to see it. And so it goes back to find the patterns. And I always try to change my mindset to find the good in the day. I really do have to focus on that because we can go into a death spiral or negative spiral so quickly and and forget about that. And getting out of that can be hard. Getting in is easy. Getting out is hard. And so I try to resonate with that with my younger friends too it's coming, just wait and just continue to focus on what you're doing because that's going to lead you to this new fresh energy and life. That's what I feel right now. Rejuvenated. And that, that rejuvenation, I mean, it's, it's like we have, again, we have to go through those experiences to get where we oh, are yeah. now. We, we have to. And so one thing I would loved for you to share a, a little bit, Alicia, is after you had your first, right. And you were like into, in this career, he, he right was still yeah. a kind of newborn right and yeah you so. noticed that your health kind of was declining in mm. a few different ways because right this is the essence of business of being healthy we're going to tie together the business lessons and wisdom that we can share but we can't let go of our health our health is our most important asset besides time and i can tell you that like i've shared my lessons with health and i'd love for you to just kind of share your lessons from kind of when you noticed and maybe how you made the transition back into that healthier version of you. That was, yeah, that was really hard. I was, we were living in uh, Arlington, Virginia at the time. I had this really cool job working for a television agency. So our studio was at the White House. Like we were the building right in front of the White House. So I was like in the mix of the world, literally. I mean, everything revolves around that. Um, I had a newborn son. He was six months old at the time when my husband started traveling 100%. I was going to leave on the 6 a.m. flight on Monday and get back at 1030 at night on Friday. And so I, I had help with like a nanny, but that was just working hours. My company also was out of Europe and we just had, I was in charge of the place in, in America. And so my hours would start at about 5 a.m. And then we'd be in charge until about 8 or 9 p.m. when the European office would come back to work. And so, you know, my husband's gone. I have a newborn. And there was absolutely no time for me 
And I didn't create the time for me because the free time that I did have, I didn't want to do anything. I was so tired. So I absolutely, I was, the walking I did was to and from the, the metro station into the office, you know, kind of thing. Um, on the week, my husband was a runner and I was like, I am not running. But it just got to the point where I was like gaining weight very easily, wasn't eating right, so tired, no patience for my newborn kid, which is not fair. He doesn't do anything. And I was just yelling a lot constantly. And then the stress took over. My husband was noticing it. He tried to talk to me about it. Of course, I know everything. So I wasn't listening to him. And I wasn't paying attention to the science because I was living in just a cycle. You know, I did the same thing at the same minute every single time. Um, you know, drinking more than I needed to, that glass of wine every night, you know, turned into more than that. And it was just, um, it was a lot and I didn't enjoy it. So at that point, my husband had gotten an offer to transfer to Houston. And so we took it because I was mentally done. I was just very ill mentally and physically, not taking care of myself, always depressed. And so I was like, all right, I'm listening to the universe again. And we have been given an out we've got to go. Um, and so we did. And we moved to Houston at that point. My son was a year and a half years old. We moved to Houston. But again, my husband was traveling all the time. And now I'm in a new city with a new kid with no work. That didn't help my mental or physical health at all either. And I was really depressed for that. We were there for a short time, about a year and a half. We moved again. My daughter came. She was a surprise. <laughs> so I was in a really bad cycle for about three, three and a half years of just not feeling any self-worth. And when you don't have any self-worth, you can't help others. And I realized I was like not being a good mom. I was not being a good wife. And that's not who I wanted to be. And I just needed a change. I needed something else. And I could never find it. But I think I was too in such a bad mental, physical state. I wasn't able to find it mm -hmm. um and so again at that point we moved to mm -hmm. scottsdale so we did three states in three years um with two new kids and um you know a husband when he starts a new job he's working a lot for this new job so i was on my own a lot and that's always difficult too and so when we moved to scottsdale i looked at my husband and i was like i'm done i was like i don't care if we have to eat peanut butter and jellies to save money so we can put our kids in childcare, I need Alicia back. Like, who is she? And this is the weird thing too. I really looked at it. I wasn't, I lost my identity for those three years that we were moving and I had my two kids because my husband traveled. We're in a new city where I don't know anyone. So you, I went 10 days without hearing my name. Like no one said the name Alicia. And it was like, it was at that point, I remember I started crying to my husband. I was like, you don't even call me by my name. You know, you have those dearing names, Dave, pet, you know, your pet names with your significant others, mom, mommy. I'd talk to my parents. They'd be like, hey, honey. My sister's like, hey, sister. Like, no, my name's Alicia. Very adamant about that because you are your name, your identity and stuff like that. And so I had lost myself and I was like, where is she? How do I find her? And at that point, I was like, I just have to get rid of everybody in my life and find her. So I put my kids in daycare full time. My husband, you know, was working a lot. And I took that time to start walking around and finding out who I was and start really diving into what do I want? What are my needs right now? And it starts with like being called my name. So I had to tell my husband, you have to call me Alicia from now on. 
you know, I told my parents, you need to call me Alicia. Like I am losing that and it's making, it's messing me up. Um, and so when I did that, when I heard my name more and I felt more of me, because you are you yourself before you're a wife, before you're a mom, I started becoming happier. And I started wanting to do more for myself to better myself physically and mentally. And then that resonated with my kids. I was wanting to be around them more. You know, I wasn't resenting my time because it was taken away from me. So I really had to focus and find, again, I had to dive deep, like, what is my problem? And it was like, I lost my identity, I felt like. And work is a part of who I am. I love working. I love showing my kids that, like, I can take you to school and pick you up and still work all day. And when my kids started seeing that, I, my, my son was, like, really proud of me. He's like, my mom's a podcaster and worked in television. I was like, oh, you know that? Like, it really, really resonated with me. I don't get choked up for kids, but it was a big part of like that next stage of life for me, that next decade that I needed to get into to change and better everyone around my, when I, my life is better, everyone around me is going to be better too. And choosing the better people to influence your life. And, um, you know, that's not just your immediate family. It's who you surround yourself with outside too. So really focusing on that the past few years has totally just shot me in this direction. I'm the happiest I've been in years lately. Um, I work out like five to six days a week, which that is so not who I used to be at all. You know, um, I rarely drink and it's just like, oh, this is what that happiness from and that confidence that I've been craving lately came from. And it's just going back to who I am, but I slowly was losing, but didn't realize it until it was too late. You know, I just got to give you so much credit um, for sharing that, but really recognizing you said so many great things and everyone listening in, like, please, please, please go back and listen to that. Because when I was still coaching clients, like this was a common theme. And I want everyone to know that you're not alone. Once we start having kids, we do lose our identity. Like we do. And it is so important. You said, I believe at least twice. And this is like words that I live by. And I say all the time is that when you are better for you, you show up better for everybody else. You have to put yourself first. You had to go back and like see who Alicia was and bring her back because that made you be a better wife. That made you be a better mom. That makes you now a better businesswoman, right? For your agency, you had to do that. And I just have to applaud you because there is that guilt, right? And I swear, I told you, I felt like I was talking to like Shelly when like, this is unreal. <laughs> Um, I could share stories. Maybe I will, because there's so many episodes that could come off this one, Alicia, but is that you put your kids in daycare like that? That is a guilt thing that we're like, we're bad moms. If we do that, we can't do that. Like, what, what are we doing? And you did that for them, right? Oh, yeah. You had to go find you so that you could be a better mom. So like putting them in daycare, they're fine. They're safe. They're fed. You pick them up. Everybody's happy. And you were happier for them. Like that is such a powerful thing that you did. I just totally have to acknowledge you for that transition. It, it was, it was amazing. And thank you so much for sharing. And that's exactly what I have to, I did tell myself that you pick a place where your kid's going to be fine. What are you worried about? Right? Like 
I really, that was the least of my concerns. Once I found a place to put my kids, I'm like, ah, fantastic. He is, he and she are safe. I have one of each. They're safe. They're having fun with their friends coming home and at good mood. Why can't I be like that? That's Mm -hmm. just something simple that everyone should be able to experience every day. And here I am as an adult admiring my one-year-old over how much fun she's having in life. And it's like, I want to be that. I want to be having fun. I want to wake up with a smile on my face like she does every day. And, and my son did too. And I wasn't. So, and I tell people all the time, I, I'm a selfish person and I will always be first in my life. Always. Out in front of my kids, in front of my husband, in front of everyone. And when I'm not like that, everyone's going to suffer. So just let me get myself together so you can be a part of my life. And you can experience the joy rather than being a part of my life and the darkness and the sadness and the unhappiness because no one wants that. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't want that for yourself and you don't want that for others. So I did. I just, I stopped putting myself first is what happened. And I can't do that again. Mm -hmm. And I won't. And and I told my kids that they're old enough to understand. They're five and almost nine at this point. And, you know, I will tell them every morning, like, this is mommy's workout time. Don't talk to me. Like, just don't talk to me. You're capable mm-hmm. of going to get a water bottle by yourself. Please leave me alone. Yeah. Now my daughter wants to join in on me, you know? And she's like, oh, watch, I can do this stretch. Or, you know, I can do this jump. And so now it's, I've brought them into my happy place and they want to be a part of it because they see it. So it goes, I will always be selfish and I encourage others to be selfish because you can be a positive, selfish person in order to better those around you. And that's how I view it. Yeah, no, I seriously, Alicia could not agree more. And I I truly believe, um, I I talk about this a lot, is that mom is the leader, right? And you just gave a good example. Like mom is the leader. Mom is working out. Mom is taking care of herself. The kids will follow. The family members, the husbands, the significant others, they will follow what mom does, you know? And, And you are a walking example of that. And I absolutely love it and just like commend you on that because it's hard to do sometimes when you're like, oh, like I'm taking time away for me, selfish. No, it's like the best thing. It's it's an investment in you is an investment in your family. Um, it's an investment in your business. It's an investment in your clients. Like think about how much better you show up for an interview when you've taken care of yourself for the morning versus like you I'm missed the workout. Yeah. Right. I am. I'm excited for it. And I go on vacations without my family and my husband. Like I do all of that. And I have some friends who are like, so you're going to like the beach without your kids and your husband? I was like, hell yeah, I am. Like, I don't want them there. I need me time because I've learned through being with my husband, you know, when we started off long distance and then we came together and then he started traveling, we don't have a typical relationship where we're together 24 seven. So when he is home for 24 seven and not traveling, I start liking him, but it's everything he does gets on my nerves. Right. So I took that as like, wait a second, I need space and I'm overreacting to things and I'm underappreciating you. But how can I turn that back on myself? What am I doing that I'm not appreciating my effort that I'm putting in again? So when I take a step back and I leave and I go rejuvenate myself, whether that's just a night out with friends or whether it's a night out by myself, sometimes, you know, I'll go to dinner and have a glass of wine by myself sometimes just to come back and be like, oh, I missed you. Oh, I'm ready to be with you now. But if I don't take that step away, if I don't get that break, then I underappreciate the values they bring to my life and it turns negative. And so I just have to recognize, I tell my husband, I'll be like, 
you need to go on a business trip. Like you're breathing too loud. It's bothering me. And it could be just two nights. He needs to go to the office or something. And he comes back with like, oh my gosh, you did a lot while, and I don't recognize that. So I have to take that again and, and internalize it. What am I doing that's annoying, but I'm projecting it on others and self-evaluate that and be like, okay, you just needed a break. You just need some alone time. You needed some selfish alone time. And then you come back and you're excited and you're motivated again. So again, listen to those signs and those patterns and don't be afraid to ask for it because that's what's going to take you into a path, a downward spiral that's going to take so long to get out of. Yeah. Yep. And speaking from direct experience. So, I mean, uh, Alicia, like there's so, there's so much value, right. In, in what you just shared and taking that time, but like the self-reflection that you've had, even from when you were 18, right. Before you went to college to now that self-reflection has just served you so well in all areas from business to health, to your family, um, it, it's really, really commendable and, and something that I wish we could bottle up and like learn at like 28. Like if we could learn that at 28, yeah. it would make our thirties like so amazing. So much better. <laughs> <laughs> but even bottling it up now for times, you know, but yeah, I mean, the, I, I, growth I went through for sure was like the longest growth period was my thirties. You know, um, that's when you start weeding out a bunch of people that don't belong in your life and that's hard to deal with. And that's when you really start focusing on your career and, and this life. And then you're like, get into this mindset, like, oh my gosh, is this how I'm going to feel for like the next 40 years? Because that's scary. And then you get to your late thirties and your early forties, like we are right now. And it's like, oh gosh, no, like we're just starting. That's just another phase of your life, like your, you know, teenage years are, your adolescence, your twenties. And when you shift that mindset again, it's like, okay, I have so much more time in my life. Like I'm maybe halfway done. Like look what I've done with this first half of the life with no experience and knowledge and learning as you go and taking what I've learned into this next half of my life. It's like, I am, I got goosebumps. I'm so excited. I, I'm like, like it's I'm so good. I'm like sitting here being like, it's so good. No. And so I just, I think it's, I really have to focus on that kind of, on that kind of thinking. And when I do, good things start happening, you know? Yeah. That's so but great. I still get that, I still get that fear. I mean, even when it started time to start the podcast, I literally looked at myself in the mirror and started yelling at myself. And I was like, get it together. You are the only person holding you back. Everyone is telling you to go for it. You have all these people behind you supporting you. What is holding you back? And when you just stare at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, you are your own problem. You are the one holding your back. It goes back to being selfish and finding the selfish person in you that's going to make the changes that need to be made. Not finding the selfish, you know, negative person on your shoulder that's going to continue to bring you down. And when you hush that person down, it's like, oh had this in me all the time and then you try not to get mad at yourself that you waited so long um and just continue to move forward at all times yeah but it's another learning opportunity because when that comes across again you're going to recognize it faster and not wait right so it's just still another opportunity to learn but i want to dive into the podcast a little bit because you were sitting on the couch at your parents house send in the, yep. the, the LLC. I just started a business, right? Here comes Michelle media and then started the Scottsdale vibe podcast. 
why like why Scottsdale Vibe podcast? I mean, you've so been here four I, years. I love it that yeah. you've lived in all these different locations. I'm a native. So like I'm a native to Scottsdale. Um, I love it here. So you're wearing so I think it's so crazy. Oh, I, I love it. it. Like, yeah, I love it. And that's so I to get into podcasting, I um we live in North Scottsdale and the neighborhood that we live in had a neighborhood podcast. My husband was a really big podcast listener, but I never had really listened to a podcast. I'm such a visual learner because that's why I love television and why I love learning because I can listen and I can hear and everything just works in my mind better that way. But he was like, get into podcasts and get into podcasting. So I I listened to our neighborhood podcast and I reached out to the um, host and I was like, hey, being the producer that I am naturally because I was a television producer, I have a couple story suggestions or ideas for you. He was like, oh, perfect. Come and be a host or come and be a guest on my show. And I was like, oh, so you have me wrong. Like, I only work behind the scenes. And that was another thing I learned early on. I never, even in my 20s, when I thought I was the hot shit, I never had the confidence to use my voice and my face on camera. And I always thought I had more control and more power, and more decision-making skills if I worked behind the scenes. So I only worked behind the scenes for 12 plus years. When he asked me to be a guest on the microphone, I was terrified. What do you want to talk to me about? You know, and that's when I met him in the studio. I did the interview and I didn't leave. And I still was just watching. And then I um, wrote out to him a couple weeks later after my um, episode aired. And I was like, thank you so much for having me. Listen, I do have a couple of suggestions. You know, here's my resume. I actually have a ton of experience. And he called me and he was like, oh, you're not joking. Like you used to do this. I was like, yeah. He was like, and this was his side business. Like he is the CEO of another like um, company that he works full time. So he was just starting this podcast to bring the community together. That was his purpose. And I loved that. I fed off of that. So he um, brought me on as his co-host four weeks after I was a guest. So he and I did a co-host gig and then he's like, Hey, you're doing great. I don't want to do this anymore. You're now the host. And I was like, well, what? I didn't even know how to pronounce Saguaro. I was like, Cigario. And he's like, Oh gosh, Alicia. You know, I like, love this. I am, I am seven months into living into a new city and knew nothing about Scottsdale, the reputation, the world, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just go with it. So within, I, I'll never forget it was, Right after Thanksgiving, I emailed him. I was a guest in December, co-host in January, host in February. Did that for just over a year. And then he's like, I want you to buy the company from me. And I was like, why? He's like, you've been here a year and a half. You know everything about this. At this point, you do everything. And we had started other podcasts. So we had four neighborhood podcasts in North Scottsdale. And I was a host of three of them. I was working with all the talent, training all the talent, telling them how to produce back to what I love. Like I just loved helping people that way. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I cannot buy this podcast. Like, what do I know about having a company? I'm, I've worked for other people forever. I can't be, I'm not responsible like that. You know, like that's too many little details on this. And again, that's when I had that conversation in the mirror. Like, why not? You know, if they have faith in you and they've been doing this for three years, why wouldn't you have faith? They're not going to sell their company to someone that's not going to continue to make it successful. So I took the leap of faith and I did it. And from there, I shut down all the neighborhood podcasts 
and just decided to do the Scottsdale podcast because I felt like we were missing so much that was going on in this city. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had some advertisers and sponsors lined up, some local business owners, and I brought the idea to them and they were like, yes, this is the best idea ever. At the time, which now I have a little bit of a competition, um, Scott still had no podcast. The only ones in town were religious based or sports related. And I was like, there's nothing just covering the city. And I've met more amazing people in this city than I have anywhere else. DC might be the only other place that has really cool people that live there. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like, I think there's Scottsdale's a hidden gem. And it's really something that I wanted to showcase. I was so proud to live here, which is something I hadn't felt in a few years from the places that we lived. And so I started to get going. And in order to start going with the podcast, you know, you have to stick to your goals. I was going to have a weekly podcast out every Monday. And at that point, it was like, now I have to find guests quickly because I gave myself six weeks from the moment I was going to start the podcast to the moment the first episode launched was six weeks. Mm-hmm. And so you have to quickly find guests. And I had people reaching out to me when they heard, oh, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that. And the only thing I stuck with was like, what's your relation to Scottsdale? I needed to focus just on Scottsdale because the second you go away from what your goal is, all of a sudden you have a new path. And I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to do that. So we are about to hit 100 episodes um, in just almost shy of two years. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. I've missed only two episodes ever because I had laryngitis. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of like a podcast. I don't have a voice. (laughs) But it has the top podcast in Scottsdale. Other people are coming at me with different podcasts and trying to do similar things. So like we got in at the beginning and you just find that that niche, that one thing that you're missing. And I keep telling myself, if I want to know about it, I know others do too. They're just not talking about it. And that goes back to what you said at the beginning is like, we're here to all help each other. And if Mm -hmm. we continue to tell our stories and we continue to be an open book, then we can all be successful. And this is, out of all the cities I've lived in, Scottsdale is one city that is really about being together and not being as competitive. And I think that just goes to show what the values of this city were. And that was something I was craving. You know, it's all about collaboration, not competition, because there is room for everyone because we're all doing a little something different. And every person is a little bit different that they're going to gravitate to what their needs and desires are. So if we just continue to work together, we'll all have room for us here at the table. It's just making sure that we stick to what our purpose is. And I haven't deterred from that in 100 episodes. And for that, I'm really proud of. I've just grown it and be able to be a little bit more specific about who my guests are, which I think says a lot about who the podcast is and the listeners that I have every week with me. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that because I think that you can add such a flair to Scottsdale because you are new and you have lived so many other places. So you have a totally different perspective versus someone like me, like things that I don't think are a big deal because I've lived here my whole life, like are actually a big deal, you know, like they're just like normal life to me, but it's like actually a big deal. And the fact that you are sharing like our great town of Scottsdale, I mean, I've literally lived in Scottsdale my entire life, except for, I think four years when I was down in Tempe at ASU. So, um, (laughs) but I was still in Arizona and it's just, um, I, I love that you're staying true to like 
what it is because we can, especially as competitors come into the market, then you start comparison game and you start this like, Oh, well, I better go do this or I better go do that. And, and we can't do that. Like you're special for what you offer. And we cannot forget that. And the way in which we share it is, is what makes us special and is what makes us relatable. And so the fact that you've done that in a hundred episodes, phenomenal. Um, and staying true to that. And it just shows the consistency is there. You're going to continue to be successful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it is. And it, it really is. It's fun. It's open opportunities and doors for me that I never would have had otherwise. And, and I tell people that, you know, um, I am new here. So what you, you know, you go past a park and you see it every day and it's like, Ooh, what's that park? I've never seen a cactus that looks like that before. And so it is just bringing a fresh set of eyes and enthusiasm to what people may miss every day. And that's what to me media should be for people. Well, and I, I mean, yeah, I think that should be all media should maybe take note of that. Um, (laughs) We're going to stop there, but I mean, I think that would be amazing. Um, you know, one thing that I also love that you talked about is that like everyone can win. And I think when it comes to business, right. I know that I grew like my career finance and then in pharmaceuticals and then outside finally, like it was always competitive, right? For me to win, you had to lose. And that kind of mentality is, is old, right? It's kind of, I mean, it's still there in some of the industries that I used to work in, but that's like an old mentality. And when you actually shift and be like, there is enough clients, there is enough business for all of us to win and like sharing and having those collaborations. I just think, I mean, in a business that my husband and I own, like we love collaborating with other industry experts. We all win. And and ultimately the client wins. Like that's the best part is that when we can all win, the opportunities are truly endless. And I love that you take that approach with the Scottsdale Vibe podcast. Yeah. And, and that's so true. It really is just an opportunity to continue learning from others and recognizing that we all have some value to add. And when we realize that the value I add is the same value you add, Shelly, and you know, your husband or wherever else, that all together is what we're craving. And that's what we're all here for. But we're just so competitive by nature because that's how society has raised us to be that we forget. It's like, oh, wait, instead of pushing you down, if you came up with me together, we could be a heck of a lot better than like one of us over the other. Um, and, And so you just have to practice that in everything that you do really in life. Yeah. I love that. in everything that you do. And, and we all have kind of some, some of those old ways, some of those old mindsets. I mean, it, if you pay attention to everything that we've talked about, Alicia's really brought up mindset so much throughout her professional career, plus her health, right? Mindset was a big component of this and really that abundance and the ability that there's more. There is so much more out there. It's not either or, it's and. We all can win together. So um, I really love that you that you shared all that. And I got to tell you, like, okay, I totally want to respect your time because I feel like we could go on for hours, but um, <laughs> maybe we'll just have like a part two episode because I know that there's so much more um, to, to learn from you, Alicia. But I would love for you to share how um, all the listeners could follow along with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So Scottsdale Vibes put out a new episode every Monday, um, but I'm on Facebook at uh, Scottsdale Vibes, uh, Instagram, Scottsdale Vibes Podcast. 
You can find the podcast on YouTube as well. So Scott Phil Buys Podcast on YouTube. We are on every podcast listening app out there at Scottsdale Vibes. And then um, you can always just find us on the website, scottsdalevibes.media. Um, there's, I'm all over. TikTok, I'm on as well. Um, yeah, so I try to be everywhere. <laughs> but right now I'm here with you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, I mean, listen, you got to be able to be searchable and find, you know, people can find you and you have done just that. Well, Alicia, I just got to say thank you so much um, for joining me today. I know that you're incredibly busy. Um, and I know that like you've changed someone today, right? Sharing your stories, like professionally, your health, your family, everything. You've really helped someone else have like a different perspective on maybe something that they're going through, knowing that there's hope, right? Knowing that there's like an ability, there's the light at the end of the tunnel to get what you want to get. And I just got to say, like, I really appreciate your authentic self sharing, sharing um, all of your stories today. Well, thank you. And I, I love it. And it was fun being on this side of the mic rather than on your side for a change. Um, and thank you for doing what you're doing, bringing awareness to the whole package. And it is, you know, about health is not just physical, it's mental too. And you can have it all, but all is based off of what your needs are. All is not what someone else's perspective of you is. And when you focus on that and continue to be selfish and focus on your needs and desires, success will come to you as well. Gosh, I love that. I love that. Selfish. I'm so selfish too. We'll have, we'll have conversations after that, after on that one. But, um, all right. Well, if this episode definitely hit a chord with you, we would absolutely love for you to share it, tag both of us on social media, and then we'll make sure to, uh, share that love right back to you until next time. We'll see you then.